Hey guys, I'm Jonathan Hilliard from Connects Media and host of Atlanta Born and Brand. We understand that many of you are struggling, and we want to help the community of business owners that we've grown to know and love over the last two years. Right now, we're all in a season of uncertainty with the virus, and the small businesses in our community need your support more than ever. That's why we've pivoted our show into a new campaign called Lift ATL 2020. We're going to do everything we can to help the businesses that have been on our show over the last two years, and that includes reintroducing them here on our podcast platform. We've also started a GoFundMe account where you can contribute, and after every $500 we raise, we'll donate to a new business. And finally, we want to offer some tangible steps that you can take to help each and every one of these businesses. Today we're going to spotlight Wes Jones, co-founder and CEO of Honeysuckle Gelato. Honeysuckle is one of our favorite places to visit in Pond City Market, and we can't wait for the day we can finally go back and have a sit down and a chat. But for now, here's a few ways you can help Honeysuckle keep the lights on. Purchasing gift cards is one of the best ways you can support them during this time. You get to help Honeysuckle survive, and once we're through this, you can celebrate your good deed with a gelato on a visit to Pond City Market. Curbside pickup is also available. For the time being, pickup will be available at Honeysuckle HQ which is located at 1024 White Street Southwest, Atlanta, Georgia. Pickup times are from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday and 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. Honeysuckle merchandise is also available for purchase on their website, www.honeysucklegelato.com. If you know of a small business in need of help at this time, please share their story with us. Use the hashtag LiftATL2020. We are building a database of social media posts, graphics, and audio clips for you to download, share, and use how you see fit. We hope all of you will latch onto this cause and share the needs of those in our community. For more information, visit liftatl2020.com. From Connext Media, this is Atlanta Born and Brand. I'm your host, Jonathan Hilliard. Atlanta Born and Brand is a show all about businesses that are being built right here in the capital of the South. But more importantly, it's a show about their founders. We wanted to find some of the city's most interesting entrepreneurs and creators, hear about their challenges, successes, and how they built a brand that will last. But more importantly, we want to introduce these founders, brands, and businesses to the city they live in, their neighbors, to make sure Atlanta and the brands that call it home can thrive for generations to come. Wedged between Old Fourth Ward and Virginia Highlands is one of the most remarkable retail experiments this city has ever seen. Pond City Market has revolutionized how we see shopping malls in the South, and just as powerful is the impact it has had on the businesses that call it home. Honeysuckle Gelato opened with the market just a few short years ago, but in that time, its three co-founders have proven that a little Southern hospitality can make anything just a little bit sweeter. It's our pleasure today to welcome Wes Jones, co-founder and CEO of Honeysuckle Gelato. I actually grew up here in Atlanta, um, okay. right uh, right up at 
Chastain Park, as nice. did Jackson, one of my business partners. So we grew up together. Excellent. We went to elementary, middle, high school, and college hmm. together. So we know each other really, really well. <laughs> um, so there's, uh, there's no uh, ambiguity or, or secrets between you guys. No, none whatsoever. <laughs> um, we know too much about each other, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Introduce your uh, your business partners for me. Uh, who, are, who are the other two? Yeah, so the other two partners and co-founders are Jackson Smith, uh, who I just mentioned, and Katera Ballard, who's another okay. longtime friend. So this is... Almost this is as close to a family business as yeah. it can be without any Being actual. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So you grew up around uh, Chastain Park. Yep. I love the, uh, you know, uh, North Fulton Golf Course was. Uh, I hit that several times growing up. Absolutely, so. I would. Yeah, I mean, I went to um, Sutton, so I'd nice. walk home a lot from Sutton, and nice. you know, kind of walk through the golf course, which wasn't and smiled pool. upon. The yeah. Yeah. Pool. Um, yeah. And we, yeah, I used to go at least on the golf course towards the end of the night. Um, we lived right off the course, so nice. I'd walk, walk down the street and bring a couple clubs and some awesome. golf balls. And it's a great neighborhood. Yeah, it was, it was one of you know Atlanta has a ton of great neighborhoods now right. that have kind of like reinvented themselves over the years. Absolutely, that's been one that's that's always just been a great Atlanta neighborhood. Oh, it was great. Such a great place in. to grow yeah, up. Sure. Um, it's funny going back down my old street though. I did it a few months ago yeah. and didn't. I mean, it's an, it's a new neighborhood almost. <laughs> yeah. Our house is gone. My uh, wow. one of my buddies. Uh, from down the street, his house is gone, and like that was turned into a yard, which wow. is funny. I was like, "Wow, just tore Crazy. that down for a yard." So I read you, you stayed in town to go to college. You went to state. Uh, I did grad school at state. I okay. did undergrad gotcha. at uh, Georgia. Okay, so gotcha. kind of staying in town. Yeah, not too far. <laughs> um, not too far, but yeah. Gotcha. How was your experience uh, in college, and what was what were you trying to prepare yourself for once you got out? Sure. I had a great experience in college, probably too great of an experience for the first couple of years. Um, yeah. And then, uh, honestly, I did not really know what I wanted to do. Um, but the further along I got in college, the more drawn I was to, uh, you know, finding a job where I could give back to either my community that I was currently in or another community. But, you know, it was really, eventually was really drawn to teaching. And I okay. did uh, Teach for America right after undergrad. Oh, wow. um, so I moved to New Orleans, had a wonderful experience there. Yeah. Um, was actually just out of town a couple weekends ago uh, for a wedding from a friend hmm. that did Teach for America with me. Yeah. Um, so loved, loved that. Um, <clears throat> was in New Orleans around the time of Katrina. So, uh, you know, that obviously had a pretty major impact on yeah. the school systems and, and everything. So it kind of, um, through that, you know, starting a series of events that led me back to Atlanta and still did some nonprofit work uh, here when I first moved back here, but then ultimately decided I wanted to go to business school. So I went to yeah. business school, um, did the night program at Georgia State, absolutely loved it and nice. was working, uh, got a job in commercial real estate uh, that mm -hmm. I ended up having for a number of years. Um, loved that, loved all of my coworkers and friends there. Um, but then the random idea and opportunity to start this business with my friends popped up. And uh, when it did, it was funny. I, I mean, I vividly remember the conversation I had with my boss when I told him, yeah. you know, I, I need to put in my notice. I'm going to start a gelato company. And he was like, what? Wow. Yeah. He was like, well, you know, we've 
got a spot here. <laughs> I think most, yeah, exactly. I think most people are like, well, this will be a fun little year or two for, right. for them to explore who they are and, and have a little bit of fun, then come back to yeah. reality. So, so you went cold Turkey, you quit your job and went all in from the very start. Yes. Wow. And I, it, we survived. Um, I still have days where I'm like, that was not the best decision <laughs> to just, I mean, we signed a lease for a small production space. Yeah. And before we even started our build or anything else, that like the day we signed the lease was a, the day I gave my wow. notice uh, <laughs> at, at my old job. Now, was it savings from the three of you guys that went into starting the business? Was it, uh, did you go for like an SBA loan? How did you guys go about that? Um, we, it was us and then a couple family yeah. members, um, gotcha. that, that pitched in. We started with, I mean, like half of a shoestring hmm. budget, yeah. um, but we made it work. It's funny. Right. We were actually looking at some of the numbers from our build out on, on the first small space. And we were like, how, like that was the smallest amount of money ever. <laughs> and it felt like such a huge amount of money. Yeah. But where as we are opening new places and looking at new things, you know, we just were curious as to what our budget was for our first build. Yeah. And it was so much less than right. what it costs to build right now. Right. Um, so we, we were lucky in that sense where we, you know, we started where it didn't cost us too much money. Sure. Cause if it was going to cost even just a little bit more than it did, it'd have been pretty we hard. We might not have made it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's funny. Um, so, Starting a business with your friends is, is not an uncommon thing. Mm -hmm. Gelato is a little bit more unique. Sure. How did the conversation start between the three of you guys? Um, obviously, you grew up with Jackson. Right. But how did the, you know, how did that team of three sort of make that decision of, okay, sure. we're going to business in t together and we're going to do Gelato? Sure. I'll give you the, the medium length version yes. here. Um, Love it. So Jackson and I always thought it would be fun to do something together when we got older. Right. Um, didn't have any idea what that would be. We just knew like, Hey, you know, like we, we get along and we have, you know, great ideas together and everything, you know, this, yeah. this would just be a whole lot of fun. Be fun to hang out every day. Be, yeah. It'd be yeah. fun to hang out every day <laughs> and, and hopefully get paid for it. <laughs> um, yeah. and, uh, you know, the older we got, you know, that window felt like hmm. it was closing a little bit. Sure. Um, and Jackson, who's got really an incredible story, he's he's lived in China a couple different times, helped his brother with a few different startups there, he's lived in Costa Rica. He's kind of, you know, been that risk taker that I never was. Yeah. You know, so all of our friends, we always were kind of like, man, look at Jackson. Like, he's, mm -hmm. you know, he's doing all this great stuff. Um, and then he, he was living here for, uh, I can't remember how long, until here in Atlanta until he, you know, kind of told all of us, he was like, yeah, I'm going to move up to New York. I'm like, great. What are you doing? He's like, I, you know, I don't know. I sold my car. I got a one way ticket and I'll, I'll figure it out. And I'm like, all right. And we knew his high school sweetheart was living in New York at the time. We we're like, all right, you don't have anything lined up. You know, one person there, I think we know what's going yeah. on. <laughs> um, and that was very, uh, uh, calculated, risk because they are now married and have three kids so there well well go. done jackson well played sir. well well played yes. um but he jackson's that guy we all have one of those friends that's yeah it's like you know what 
I got this. Well, yeah. It's, it's, it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? Exactly. <laughs> um, which is it, which is funny because as it relates to our work relationship, I can always think of like, well, this is the worst that can happen, and this is the worst that can happen. <laughs> You're the buzzkill. And he's like, no, man, we got this. Um, yeah. But he, after he moved there, after, you know, a week or two, he called and was like, I found this, you know, this job, it'll, you know, it'll pay the bills for a bit, but it's hmm. like a lot of fun. I'm making gelato. And we're like, oh, cool. You know, and I'd never had gelato. I'd, I'd yeah. heard of it, but never had it. And, you know, with him being there, uh, and my cousin was living there at the time, so I visited New York quite a bit when he was there. And every time he came down to Atlanta, he started making gelato in his parents' kitchen, just bought like a little tabletop machine. So wow. I started eating a lot of gelato ever since Jackson got this job. Yeah. And um, I think ultimately he always wanted to come back to Atlanta and just the combination of what he was doing and the timing with me being in business school and thinking I was smarter than I actually am, <laughs> you know, led us to kind of look around and say, well, hey, there's, there's no real gelato in the south right and there's really not any in atlanta there's there's been a great gelato shop in town for like 20 years but one gelato shop in a city of 500 right. people is you know not exactly sure. flooding the market so we yeah. um we looked around and <clears throat> at first it was a bit of a joke you're like oh we'll do gelato ha 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 you know and then <laughs> you know the more we looked we we kind of told ourselves like this is like there's a real opportunity here like yeah. there's a real opportunity for us to do something together that's fun that's different that you know at that time in the city like there are more and more amazing restaurants popping up sure. and people really started caring a lot more about where their food was coming from and who they were buying it from mm -hmm. you know really buying into the you know whole story of uh you know knowing who's making your right. food and, and and all of that so um, was, buy local. Buy local, absolutely. <laughs> so it was, it was kind of this yeah. perfect storm. And our and Katera um, had also just finished grad school. Mm -hmm. uh, I think she finished right before, right around the same time that I did. And she was okay. looking for kind of something different to do. Um, yeah. And Jackson and Katera had been talking about, you know, the potential of starting a nonprofit together. And that just because of the timing of everything else didn't quite work out, but yeah. it, it, it looped her in with the two of us at the right time yeah. before we ever, you know, put pen to paper behind anything. So wow. she, she's been in this, you know, just as long as we have minus maybe one conversation. So right. <laughs> as soon as we really decided like, Hey, this is something we should do. It was yeah. like, Oh, Katera would that be perfect. Yeah, yeah. So that we knew that was a team. Um, and from there, you know, we started spending a little bit more time at Jackson's parents' house when he would visit, you know, working on a real plan, yeah. starting to do some real research, and um, that was it. Gotcha. Yeah. So all, all this is happening, what is it, 2011? Is that 2011 is, is when we started. So all of this, that portion of the story was really 2010. Gotcha. Um, uh, you know, coming up with the idea and starting to do some real research mm -hmm. and determining that this is – this is something we, we can do, and this is something we should do. Yeah. So the conversations start happening, having conversations, and then taking the leap to quitting your job and doing the thing. The, those are two very different sure. things. Sure. What was the – how long had conversations been happening, and what was – do you remember a moment where you decided, 
okay, like this is going to happen. Maybe it's when you, uh, you know, saw the building and signed the lease. What was that moment for you? That sure. Made sense? You know, I think there were a couple of different moments. Uh, I think talking about it with Jackson and Katera was one thing, but I think mm-hmm. once we started telling other people, right. this was a plan, um, you know, then you're really held accountable. You know, yeah. I think, I think most people have gone through, you know, a period of time where they're like, you know, I want to do this. It might just be a side project. It might just be, you know, or it might turn into something that I do forever, but they keep that, you know, something they work on privately and don't ever tell anyone. And then, you know, sometimes it, it materializes and sometimes it doesn't. But I think once you tell people like, Hey, this is what I'm doing, you know, there's only so long they're going to, yeah, there's, there's an expectation. And then certainly, um, you know, like I said, I have, you know, it's still a very vivid memory when I told my old boss <laughs> what I was doing. That that felt very real. <laughs> that felt very, very real. And then it felt even more real, um, you know, a couple months later when I wasn't getting paid right. because I wasn't working anymore. Right. And then it was like, oh, okay, yeah. we got to get to work because... I'm sure those are two very distinctly different feelings. Very too. different feelings. You go yeah. from the, you know just complete excitement and optimism of like, this is going to be so great. Like we're going to do this forever. We're, you know, like we're just going to be happy and making, you know, enough money to be happy and not worry about things. And then, you know, then you come back to reality with like, Oh, okay. This is how long permitting is going to take. This is how long this is going to take. This is how much money this costs this, you know, Mm -hmm. we've got to buy all of this stuff up front because we're making a product. It's not just like, we open our doors and haven't spent any money and money starts rolling in. So, you know, all of, once we started really getting into it, it didn't, um, I don't want to sound like it, we started feeling negative about it, but you know, the reality really set in, um, which helps. I mean, we were in a sink or swim situation. Yeah. You know, there was, I can look back, this is why I go back and forth as to whether or not I, you know, quit my job too early. If mm-hmm. I had held on to that job, you know, another side of me might have been like, man, this, you know, this food truck thing is really hard and this yeah. gelato thing is really hard. I, you know, I've got a good gig over here. What was <laughs> I thinking? I'm just going to stick with this. So because I completely removed myself from any other way of making money, you know, we, you, we you put in our time. Yeah. Money. You got to figure out fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I want to put a pause on the timeline for a second sure. and kind of talk about the product. Sure. So, you know, like you said, growing up in Atlanta, the gelato options are very limited. I don't, I don't remember any gelato growing up. You know, I grew up in Gwinnett County, but coming right. into town, like ice cream shops everywhere. Right. No real gelato. Right. You know, so the actual product and your first product line, how did you guys decide what you were going to do with the product? How, uh, what's the process that goes into to making that product? What were sure. those early days um, and kind of figuring out your process? like? Sure. So, I mean, thankfully, like, like I mentioned early, earlier, Jackson had great production experience. Right. So it was never, you know, it was never this idea because this wasn't here or only because this wasn't here yeah. is why we did it. It was, you know, the combination of this isn't here and we know how to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, when we started, I, n- I never had gelato mm. before we started. Um, 
a lot of people in the South had not had gelato, yeah. had maybe heard the word. Some people, if they had traveled to Italy, obviously, you know, will have had gelato. But lots mm-hmm. of folks were just like, I, you know, I don't know what this is. <laughs> We'd get a lot of questions when we first started. Is like, you know, is gelatin in it? Is you know, what yeah. w- what is this? And because of that, and because we knew that would be the case, uh, you know, our first true line of gelato, and we do this a lot today still was we our tagline when we started was southern inspired gelato Mm -hmm. so you know we wanted to use those great flavors and desserts that we all grew up with that we're all Mm -hmm. familiar with in the south and just make a gelato out of it you know so and for us you know we think gelato is the best and purest form of ice cream but it's still ice cream you know so you know we have to constantly tell people you know well all gelato is ice cream, but not all ice cream is gelato. <laughs> um, so don't be scared of it. Yeah. There's nothing in this that you're not going to find in ice cream. Okay. It's just a little bit of a different, you know, kind of milk to cream ratio. So gelato just has sure. less fat and less air than traditional American ice cream. Right. And because the production process is very similar, it's, it's you know, churned in the same type of way, but it's churned slower and colder, so it doesn't mm-hmm. expand nearly as much as ice cream does. Yeah. Because ice cream gets fluffed up with so much air they need that extra fat content in there to mm. give it that nice ice cream texture um, yeah. and because gelato is just naturally a denser product you don't have to use as much fat in there to give it that great mouth texture gotcha interesting yeah I didn't know, I've never known yeah. about gelato that's cool so tell me about those those southern inspired flavors what were those first few flavors that you guys kind of came up with or, or were there some busts that didn't make the, the final cut there were a few, um, I don't want to call them busts, but th- there were certainly some that were great that people just didn't buy. There were a couple, one of my favorite flavors that we first did, um, I, we got in trouble for it because of what we called it. <laughs> um, we ended up calling it Lunar Pastry, and if you think of what lunar means, which is the moon, right, and, you know, pie as a type of pastry that's what we were calling it before and the people from that great company in Tennessee called us up and said you can't do this <laughs> um, and that was one of my favorite flavors that we we re when we yeah. renamed it people stopped buying it as much because they didn't quite understand it right you know um but you know we did stuff like that we we still do a lot of flavors with you know bourbon um lots of pie and cobbler mm-hmm. flavors um you know Georgia has a lot of great um, fruits that we yeah. produce here. So a lot of our sorbets and gelato flavors, you know, yeah. Georgia has great blueberries, you know, great watermelon, great peaches, you know, so a lot of that sort of stuff. And that's what's great about ice cream, you know, is a lot of times it, it truly does wherever you are represent, you know, what that region does best. Right. Um, <clears throat> you know, butter pecan and stuff like that. So. Yeah. You know, you can go anywhere and, and, you know, the local ice cream shops and local gelato shops will be very representative of what, you know, the flavors of that region look like. Um, So it was easy for us to do that because a lot of, you know, a lot of the flavors we wanted to try were, you know, more popular ice cream flavors, too, that we would put our own twist on or anything like that. But we were like, well, we know people down here love this as ice cream. They're going to really love it, you know, and as gelato, just because we feel like the texture's better. It just makes for a better experience. So um, a lot of our research was was done for us, and then we, 
you know, at first it was, we would sit around in our little tiny office. We ate a lot of gelato. (laughs) We would sit around and be like, talk about our favorite desserts and our favorite flavors. And, you know, some of them we never made. Some of them, you know, we ended up doing just for fun. I mean, we've made some really weird stuff over Mm -hmm. the years that we've either done for festivals or just for ourselves, just to be like, well, this might as well do this. What's the the best seller to date? Right now at our shop, Salted Caramel Brownie is our best seller. Um, Yeah, that's actually by far. We we make more of that than anything. Wow. Yeah, which is troublesome for me because (laughs) I love baked goods and we make our own brownies too. Mm -hmm. So we we do a lot of brownie production and you gotta make sure the taste is right. Yeah, no, I gotta. Yeah. To sample the product, to, to, you know, in-house testing. Yep. Quality control. Quality, right. control. quality control. Yeah. We do a lot of that. So I have to ask you, sure. when when you get the phone call, or maybe it was letter form, I'm not sure, from mm-hmm. that, that company you mentioned in mm-hmm. Tennessee that that might rhyme with, you know, soon guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that, to me, uh, it, I don't know what the feeling was there, but it, it was almost like, Man, we made it. It felt kind of cool. <laughs> it felt, felt kind of cool, yeah. actually. And we had two experiences like that. Yeah. Um, another was actually with Waffle House. Hmm. And, you know, when we first started, Jackson, after a long night on the food truck, um, went to Waffle House and asked for some batter, some of their waffle batter. Yeah. After You know, he ate there as well, but got it. And then we right. started making some <laughs> Waffle House waffle batter gelato and was it awesome it was great yeah but somebody from waffle House showed up huh. and said you can't do this and both times we were like immediately like oh my gosh we're in so much trouble <laughs> and then we were like well i mean we had made like three gallons of the waffle house stuff it was amazing yeah. how fast they picked up on it wow. um that but is amazing. you know both times you know after a little bit we we're like that's pretty cool that's actually cool. yeah yeah Somebody's paying attention to us. <laughs> Maybe down the line you can do that Waffle House collab, you know. That, yeah, I'd yeah, love that. That'd be nice. I'd love that. That'd be really waffle. cool. Oh, my gosh. That'd be. I can taste it now. Yeah. Anyhow. All right. So we talked a little bit about the product. The first method of distribution for you guys. How do you decide food truck to, to kick this thing off? Um, it was cheaper. Hmm. Um, well, I don't, it is a combination. It was certainly more affordable for us to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew we were going to need a commissary kitchen or a kitchen that was probably going to be a little bigger than what we could find in retail because we always had it in our plan to sell to restaurants and stores. Yeah. So we we were looking. Our initial plan was to open a retail shop, and mm-hmm. we were looking at spots all over town. Found a couple great ones that um, we almost signed leases on, but we were like, "Is this?" Is this going to, you know, fit our long-term need and really, you know, allow us to do the wholesale that we want to do? Sure. And, and that combined with the cost, combined with the fact that food trucks were super popular mm-hmm. um, and only getting more popular when we were starting the business, we're like, well, this this actually is kind of perfect for us. You know, it's a great entry for our brand into the market. It allows us to go to different neighborhoods throughout the city and throughout the suburbs and really test things out really see where we're getting the best responses and 
you know, what flavors people like the most in different right. areas and, and, you it's know, an awesome form of market research. Oh, it was great. Yeah. It was perfect. So we were, you know, we were out, I mean, it, it was so much work, but we, you know, yeah. it, it served such a great purpose for us. You know, it, it was an affordable way to get into the market, you know, immediate cash flow once you can get out there. Um, and like I said, I mean, the market research we got from yeah. there was incredible. Right. And, and I think because we were part of that wave of food trucks, you know, it allowed our brand to get in front of some people that might not have normally paid attention to us if we had just yeah. done a regular retail shop. Hmm. You know, I mean, I think there was a certain cool factor to, you know, being in the food truck yeah. world. Um, and, you know, it got the eye of Pond City Market. And, mm -hmm. you know, that helped us catch the eye of Delta Airlines, which, you know, those two things have helped us, you know, yeah. as we grow, it, those two relationships are huge for us. They're the two biggest things right. we'll probably ever do because of the doors that that opens to be able to go, mm -hmm. you know, and make a wholesale pitch and then look at you and be like, okay, well, you know, who are you yeah. selling to? And we can say, well, we actually work with Delta Airlines. And people are like, oh, okay, yeah. so I've heard of them. Um, <laughs> And then as we look to grow our retail presence, um, being in a place like Pond City Market and surrounded mm -hmm. by, you know, the amazing food that's in there, right. uh, you know, there's a lot of credibility when we go to, you know, different projects throughout the South that we're looking at and, and you know, that we know that we've signed leases on and we'll be a part of and other yeah. projects that we're talking to, you know, the, the ability to say, yeah, we, we're at Pond City Market and business is great. Right. You know, they'll they'll listen. We're not just, yeah, we've got the a shop. The case study's there. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, the case study's there. It's not just, yeah, we've got a shop in Atlanta and people like us. Mm -hmm. When they hear Pond City Market, you know, they're right. They're much more prone to listen to what, <laughs> what, what we have up. to say. Yeah. Sure. Do you still do the food truck? No, yeah. <clears throat> but if anybody wants to see the actual truck, uh, we sold it a couple years ago to Monday Night Brewing, okay. um, and it is now used... Uh, as a barbecue truck at the garage nice. so it's the das barbecue truck it's painted all black now nice. so it doesn't doesn't quite look like our truck but that's right next to our production facility so yeah. um you know we'll go over there every once in a while and, and grab a beer we love those guys love yeah. that space but it's kind of nice to I love das barbecue too. and das barbecue is incredible spot, um so it's kind of nice that like while we don't have the truck, you know, it's, it's like we sent it, it it's like family, we, yeah, right? it's like we sent it off to college yeah. and we get to visit it. <laughs> you, you handed it down to like the, the high school kids that came up right after you. Right. You know, there right. you go. That's awesome. That's cool to know. Yeah. I don't know if you know from the food truck scene, um, Carissa with Simply Done Donuts, but she was kind of telling me just about the challenges in Atlanta in particular with food trucks, because it was kind of a not a thing, right. you know, until sort of that time frame. Right. And then all of a sudden everybody, you know, wanted to do a food truck and the city kind of had to play catch up. Do you, did you yeah. experience that? Yes. Yeah. I think at a certain point I had, um, in the neighborhood of 20 to 30 different licenses and wow. permits, um, for a food truck. Yeah. Um, and that was a very tricky part of sure. that business at, at first, especially for um, a, a truck like ours. You know, we're only selling, you know, four bucks at a time. Hmm. And, you know, a lot of these 
a lot of the laws only allowed for you to sell at an event, you know, so you have food truck Wednesdays, food truck Thursdays, right. all these places, but those are, you know, two or three hours at a time. Yeah. And if you think about the way you eat a meal, you know, if the food trucks are only there for three hours, yeah. you're going to eat dinner most likely before you have dessert. Right. Um, not everybody, thankfully. I love love the folks that will just go go right for it before <laughs> and sometimes after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Y- you know, so the number of permits we needed and, and you know, the process at that time, sure. just because it was new, I, you know, I don't know that anybody was to blame other than the fact that, like, this all happened so fast and the city mm-hmm. wasn't quite sure how to – deal with it sure. um you know so that that made it pretty tricky yeah um still a wonderful experience one that i don't think we'll do again yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna ask you if you ever get nostalgic for the old food truck days yeah like, nostalgic and like uh oh that was fun that was yeah <laughs> and, and, and you know there's some awesome trucks out there that yeah. that do great business that should you know continue to do what they're doing mm-hmm. but like i said for us it it was not a sustainable yeah. model right. um, long term long term um, have you uh, have you seen these truck and tap restaurants yes it's pretty incredible it, concept yeah yeah it's wild it's like a bar basically yeah that has a you know a parking spot i don't even know how that's truck. legal but good for them because yeah. that's <laughs> yeah it's a cool concept hoping to get those guys on the show down the line because you know just the concept is brilliant yeah you know just thinking it up but Okay, so we talked about the Pont City Market behemoth yeah. a little bit, but when that conversation first comes up, is it before the market opens? Had they already been open? What? How did they uh, they get a hold of you and approach you? Yeah, I mean, well, for us, you know, especially me and Jackson being from Atlanta, when we heard what was happening at Pont City Market, yeah. you know, and and you know, with the potential of the Beltline in the future and everything, we were. You know, we had started to look for retail, um, and when that was announced, we're like, "This is it! Like, we're we're going to do anything we have to do to be a part of this project." So we told our real estate person, and we were like, "Just find out who we need to talk to. Mm -hmm. Like, we'll we'll pitch them." And and thankfully, I think they, like I said, because we had a little bit of credibility um, from the food truck, and and Jamestown was going to be very particular about who they put in this project they wanted local they wanted different so it was kind of this we were in the right place at the right time where they we kind of fell in line with what they were looking for i think we were on the list of places they were looking for and this was for us this was like this could be our our dream spot in atlanta so yeah um we feel very lucky that that (laughs) you know we again that that we did the food truck for a number of reasons but that being a major one so sure. we we signed our lease there in december of 2013 and opened in september of 2015 so we we were we were pretty early long, slow, um, process. long yeah. slow process we were we were pretty early but it was worth it i mean that was so you guys opened with the market mm-hmm. basically. we were in that first wave i think a couple of people opened like a week or so before us okay. um but gotcha. yeah we were in that first wave of openings yeah um were you surprised at just the the reaction and sort of the just immediate success that that pont city market has been and what it's kind of in so short a time what it's kind of meant to sort of the fabric of of the of the city and the belt line and, and everything that goes with it yeah um 
Yes, and we expected a lot, and we were still surprised, yeah. um, and and continue to be surprised, and uh, in, in the best possible way. Right. You know, having a project like that located where it is, you, you know, I mean, talk about perfect storm. Yeah. You know, with you know the idea of the Beltline, the the location of that building, mm-hmm. and the proximity to the Beltline, mm-hmm. and just what Jamestown was able to do with that building um, to bring so many people there to yeah. both, you know, live and work and, and eat and shop. Um, you know, it, it's it's been incredible. I mean, we yeah. had, you know, we had an expectation of what we wanted to do as a business there, um, you know, based off of, you know, some of the busiest days we ever had on the food truck at some of the biggest festivals yeah. and everything. So we were like, yeah. all right, you know, this would be a really big day if we ever did this you know, this is going to be very <laughs> successful business. And like within, you know, almost no time we had a day like that and we were like, well, hold on. Only 20% of the tenants are in the building. Like, wow, what's going to happen when, when, this, place when this place is full? Yeah. So it just continued to get better and better and busier and busier. Um, yeah. And for us, you know, because it's got that great mix of locals coming by and people you know from all over the region when they come to atlanta want to check out a place like this it allows our brand to be exposed to so many more people um than it would in a traditional retail setting sure so So we'll hit pause again on kind of the timeline because i do want to talk about kind of what your long-term goals are for the future sure but i want to go back to the brand for a minute Mm -hmm. Uh, how, how does the name come about um we uh we wanted something that felt a little nostalgic, a little southern, um, natural, and, and just you know a, a little sweet. Yeah. Um, and we were having the hardest time. We, you know, we argued about a few different things, and I can't even remember any of the other names we had. <laughs> but um, Jackson called me one day after we'd been, you know, discussing all of these different ideas for yeah. so long. He called me one day. And just said honeysuckle and hung up the phone before I could say anything. Because <laughs> um, he was so convinced that that was, he was like, this is yeah. it, this is it. So he yeah. just called me, he was like, honeysuckle, click. Boom. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, we started, um, and I'm glad he did that because, you know, we kind of mentioned it earlier, like while he is this eternal optimist right. and, and can look at everything and only see the shiny parts of it you know I'm kind of I can be the opposite and be like no like we can't do that we shouldn't do this um and it makes for a good good mix I think um from a business perspective but it didn't even I didn't even have the chance to have a negative thought about it you know um and and even when I tried after we hung up I was like yeah it's like that just sounds it sounds right you know it reminds us of you know being a kid being outside you know it's it it had everything we were looking for in a name right um and just it, it stuck there you go yeah it fit mm-hmm. your uh your motto or your mission is be sweet yeah what does that mean to you guys um it's uh we get to make product that makes people happy you know we kind of look at it as something if you're having a bad day and you come to our shop we have the opportunity to help turn your day around yeah. and if you're having a good day and you come to our shop or have our gelato we can be a part of celebrating that good day yeah um but we always in everything we do you know we feel so lucky that we get to do this as a business yeah you know and, and we feel 
so much love for Atlanta and so much love for, you know, the different communities we're in, you know, Pond City Market and West End and everything else that, you know, we're just feel so grateful for everything that yeah. there's no reason, one, there's no reason not to be sweet to people. Sure. But because of what we do, you know, the sweet part, we make a sweet product, you know, yeah. so it's just kind of like this, this makes so much sense. We want every experience, you know, whether it's a an experience with me or my business partners or the people scooping the gelato, mm-hmm. we want people to walk away and be like, that was really sweet. That was great. Yeah. I, had a, I had a wonderful experience outside of anything we can offer with our product, but right. also with our product, we want them, you know, we want them to feel the love that we put into that and that we're, you know, we're not doing this mm-hmm. to turn into some huge, huge corporation that just makes right. gelato to, you know, have the lowest cost you could possibly get out of it. You know what I mean? We, yeah. we really take pride in what we do, um, and how we serve people. So, uh, be sweet answers any question that we have as it relates to any interaction mm-hmm. we have with our suppliers, our customers, our other partners, yeah. you know, if, if we can't look at it and say like, well, how can we be sweet in this situation? Right. You know, how do we treat our employees the best? How do we treat our customers the best? How do we treat our community the best? That kind of very simply encompasses all that we want to be. I love the subtle, like Southern hosp- hospitality aspect of it too. Sure. Because when I think of be sweet, like that's something my wife says to my kids. Like she's right. from upstate South Carolina, like, you know, can't get any more like, southern hospitality right hey y'all be sweet right you know yeah and you don't you don't hear that in new york right or in california sure be sweet to people you know that's something that we we tell our kids we tell Mm -hmm. you know um we tell people in the south so i love just it it reinforces the brand that you guys have built which is really cool yeah so um i want to talk about you know your plans moving forward we've started to see you know, and just what you guys are doing, kind mm-hmm. of the, the expansion plan starting to take shape. You opened up in uh, Optimist Hall, which right. I've never been to in Charlotte. I've heard great things, but great. What, uh, what, did, what, what are the goals for five, ten years down the line for, for Honeysuckle, and where do you guys see it going from there? Sure. I mean, we've always envisioned being a regional gelato company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't see us taking it past that okay. um so we've been keeping our eye on different markets for years and yeah. y- you know as i mentioned earlier we signed a lease for ponce almost two years before we opened yeah. so there's no um i'd like to have between 10 and 15 stores open within the next five years we just signed our lease for what will eventually be our fifth location okay. um but as i look at projects i i i have that goal but i don't look at projects and say is this gonna f-, you know I have to get this number. I need to make sure this fits within that timeline. You know, so for us, so much of our growth depends on finding the right projects and and the right partners within those projects. Um, You know, we want to make sure we know and trust the developers that we, you know, that they do a good job with the projects that they do and that we understand, you know, the types of people that are going to other users, I mean, that are going to be in that project. You know, so Optimist Hall was perfect and I looked at Optimist Hall three or four years ago when yeah. it was just an idea um, but it's an Atlanta group that did Krog Street you know mm-hmm. so we already had some relationships there right. and already knew like how great Krog Street is um, I live not far from there so you know I'm there 
just as much as I am at Pond City Market yeah. because I, you know there's so many great operators there, so much good food, such a great environment and experience. We were like, well, we know they're going to put something good together. Sure. And Charlotte was kind of one of the natural cities for us to expand to first. You mm-hmm. know, it's if it had to be, it could be a day trip. Um, it's another big city, and for us to growing city growing city for sure and it's a city much like when we started the food truck it seems to be going through a bit of like a food and restaurant like revival revival for sure so there's so many great operators coming out with some really really cool concepts there and a lot of them were signing up to be a part of this project too so we kind of looked at that and said well this is this is a perfect first store outside of atlanta for us just happens to be the next one that we're doing you know i mean i think we would have loved to open number two in atlanta from an operational perspective but again we found the right project and it didn't matter when it was opening yeah you know for us it was this is the right project let's go make this happen Hmm. um so yeah you know and optimist is still so new there's so many more folks that are going to open there so Mm -hmm. it feels very similar to our ponce experience where You know, we're opening, and it's like, cool, we get to be a part of this first wave, but we get to watch how this project evolves. So we're really excited to see yeah. uh, what happens in the future there. I don't want to ask you to, to jump the gun on anything, sure. but do you foresee uh, expansion in Atlanta soon? Um, we are set to open a shop south of Atlanta okay. um, right near Peachtree City next yeah. year. Um we're actively looking at some projects inside the city, yeah. um, but the time frames on them are kind of all over the place. Sure. Um, so yes, two of the next three locations we'll be opening are in the Atlanta area. Okay. Um, one is at Pinewood Forest, which is the one I was just talking mm-hmm. about south of the city, and then the other is Revel, which yeah. is in Gwinnett, um, yeah. up near Infinite Energy Arena. So, right. But that's a couple years away. Um, so again, yeah, and I don't know if the shovel's in the ground up there yet. Uh, a little bit, yeah, but not, bit. not on this part of that project. Okay, um, it, but that's a huge, huge project. Enormous. Um, yeah. and for us, you know, the developers get a good, you know, they get good local operators, you know, yeah. there's going to be office, retail, restaurant space, you know, so it's one of those spaces much like Ponce or, um, Optimist, where hmm. while it's not a food hall, it's it's a space where you get out of your car, you don't have to get back in it until it's time right. to leave, and everything you want to do is going to be there. You know, so that's a lot of what we look for. Um, I would certainly love to have some more stuff in Atlanta, um, but we're uh, we're very particular about yeah. where we yeah, want to be and, and who we sure. want to be neighbors with, and that that kind of limits. Uh, yeah, you know where we're looking. So a lot of it is just like we're well, keeping yeah. an eye on this one yeah. block. <laughs> you can you can say it limits it, or it kind of keeps you laser focused. Absolutely, in, absolutely. In where you want to expand because you sort of have the blueprint that you know works. Right, uh, and that's easy to duplicate when you find the right opportunity. Right, right. So and if and if you're yeah, as long as we continue to be patient, I think we'll we'll continue to put ourselves yeah. in good spots. So, do you foresee these shops staying? kind of in the in the family of you guys or do you foresee a, a day where you would look for franchise opportunities I don't know I, I've I've gotten that question more recently mm-hmm. now that we've you know opened our second sure. and, and have sure. some more that are signed I've never envisioned doing that yeah um, and I don't think I would 
really have the answer to that until I understand if, if we're good at this. Yeah. You know, right now it looks like we're good at this <laughs> because we're at Pont City Market. It's hard to be bad at it there, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and our office and production facility is, you know, just a couple miles away. So mm-hmm. we are just now starting to experience what it's like to operate outside of Atlanta yeah. and outside of the state. Um, outside of a place you can just, you know, get yeah. on the bike and ride a couple Exactly. Miles. If something's yeah. wrong, you know, I can be at Ponce, you know, in a snap. Yeah. But I can't quite do that in Charlotte and some yeah. of the other places we're looking. I would love to think that we, you know, we will grow our business to, you know, that 10 or 15 store level that I mentioned earlier and, yeah. and continue to grow our wholesale business and just turn it into this thing that's like, this is perfect. Hmm. We... You know, we could grow if we wanted to, but we don't need to. You know, we have enough stores to where we can still have a personal touch with them, um, but not too many that, you know, we're going to be spread so thin. Um, So I would like to think that, you know, we'll kind of keep it in the family for, you know, however long, but, you know. You never know. Sure. You know, we got sure. that. We got that itch once. We could. We <laughs> yeah. could. We could grow yeah. this and decide to do something completely different as a group, <laughs> or you know, grow this and say like, this is as far as we have, can grow this, yeah. and and still provide the experience we want. Uh, and if we think that the brand can do more, we might look for other people to help us get right. to that next level. Because I'm not going to pretend, you know, that I would be capable enough to run a business that has 40 or 50 stores, you know, but there's some great business. Jenny's is a great, great, great business. And we love Jenny's and what they have done for what we're able to do is incredible. And they have been able to create a business that, um, you know, they've got 40 or 50 retail stores and you get the same experience everywhere. You get the same product everywhere. Um, so, so that, and, you know, they have a CEO that wasn't there when they started, you know, that has helped with that growth. But Jenny sure. is still actively involved in almost everything. So that gives us a little bit of inspiration to say, like, well, let's grow it to where we, we are comfortable. But and look at yeah, and, and but look at what they've done. They've been able to keep that personal touch, keep that founding team yeah. there, but hire the right people to help them go from 15 or 20 stores to that next level. Right. So, um, we'll, I can answer that question hopefully in, in three or four <laughs> years, come back but not on the show. today. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of the family, yep. you guys are, uh, you know, we talked about, this is as close to a family business as you can get without sure. blood. You guys are eight years, I guess nine years in really to Almost, the, yeah. the conversations now. Yeah. That's a long time for, for sure. a food industry business. And the, three of you guys I'm wondering what the dynamic is now have you guys kept that same kind of uh um you know friendship and relationship as you've grown over over nine years uh and what how do you guys kind of divide your your roles in in the team now nine years into the business sure well nine years in we still all wear a number of different hats so we still feel like a small startup sure when it comes to some of the day-to-day stuff we're like oh okay i've got to go do this or 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 do that that might not be part of my job description if you know if i was in a a larger company um 
But we all have kind of stuck to very similar roles as to what we were when we started. Mm -hmm. um, Jackson's always been our product guy. You know, if yeah. I was in charge of making the gelato, we would not have <laughs> we would not have made it past our first yeah. day out. They didn't teach you that at UGA or no, State? No, yeah. it was not part of my MBA class for whatever <laughs> reason. Um, so, you know, Jackson's always been our product guy. Katera's always been, you know, marketing mm -hmm. and sales, and I've always been kind of overseeing business and, right. and, you know, all of that stuff. So all of that has stayed the same. And, you know, I think we have um, a really good dynamic. We're yeah. all we're all very different. Um, we all approach things very differently. Um, Complement each other. We do, yeah, yeah. Um, which can lead to certainly a lot of disagreement, but mm -hmm. leads to really thoughtful discussions. And, yeah. you know, it, it, I always feel like whenever – the company makes a decision and having three partners, you know, makes making a decision a little easier um, because there's always a two thirds vote. You know, even it's if true. even if I yeah. don't get my way, just like, well, two people I love and trust hmm. think that this is the right way to do things. All right. Let's you know, yeah. let's let's go do it. So, you know, I think the dynamic that we have has allowed us to you know, continue to be creative, continue to grow, continue to be thoughtful about that growth and, and, you know, the products we offer and what we think we can do because, you know, we, we're never short on ideas. <laughs> um, there are, you know, a hundred things we've talked about doing that we haven't done. Yeah. Um, but if we hadn't talked about all of those things, it would not have allowed us to, exp you know, explore and eventually do what we're doing now. Um, you know, so I, I think our dynamic has not changed much, which is really great. Um, you know, but being this close to people, you know, we, we're, we don't pull punches, you know, we've known each other forever. So it's, we can, we can be very honest with yeah. each other, um, and have it, you know, kind of be like, all right, yeah. I've heard, you know, but Wes, don't, don't forget to be sweet now. That's right. Yeah, we yeah. are. No. And Yeah. <laughs> Well, we love each other. Yeah. I mean, we really do. Like, I, I love my partners. Right. Uh, and that that helps. It, it certainly yeah. helps when we disagree. You know, we can, we disagree about a number of different things, but we can always come back to the table and say, like, all right, Jackson Katera, I lost this argument. Hmm. But, you know, I trust you guys, and let's, let's go do it. Let's go execute this. So. To learn more about Wes and the team, visit HoneysuckleGelato.com. And of course, next time you're cruising down the Beltline, stop in at Pond City Market and say hello. And don't forget to tell them Atlanta Born and Brand sent you. Special thanks go out to Chris Hilliard, Joshua Pruitt, Mackenzie Bates, and our families who make it all possible. Stay tuned to the show for more stories from the city's top startups and small businessmen and women. You can do that by subscribing in Apple Podcasts or wherever else you happen to be listening. If you like the show, we'd really appreciate a review and a rating. And of course, share it with your friends. Keep up with the show on social media. We're ATL Born Brand on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also like our Atlanta Born and Brand Facebook page. Finally, you can find all the previous episodes of the show on our website, atlborn.com. For Atlanta Born and Brand and Connects Media, I'm Jonathan Hilliard. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all soon.